Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 453. Yeah, that's right. 453. <laughs> you didn't want to my do brain, your wow or... For a second. No, I'm, I'm off the wow until like we hit 475, okay. I think. <laughs> so a couple more weeks yeah. to go. Yeah. So we uh, we had uh, quite a few books, mm-hmm. but we had uh, quite a few TV shows and just mm-hmm. some catching up with... You know, an old voice. It is I. <laughs> Back from the living yeah. room. <laughs> Back from literally just sitting at my house alone for a year. If I had known that the only reason you weren't here was because he didn't ask you to come over, I would have just messaged you myself. <laughs> yeah, I just should. I mean, I it's like I don't do anything on Mondays re- either. I mean, uh, Sundays were right. a little harder because I had youth group and sometimes I'd have to be there at like four or something like that. But, I mean, even that I potentially could have done it. But now that you guys have moved to Monday mm-hmm. recordings, now it's definitely like, yeah, I think I play video games on Monday the most times. So. Right on. I'm back. Yay! And I have a man bun now. Huzzah! I, you know, I almost mentioned something about it, but I didn't. I kept it to myself. Looks just like Tony's haircut. (laughs) Um, If you haven't listened to the episode where I make fun of Tony's hair, you should definitely go back. I don't know why I just said my name in third person, too. (laughs) He had shaved his head. It was terrible. Oh, I'm... I actually know, remember the shaved head. Yeah. So. Where he had given himself a mohawk and it was like in two pieces because of his bald spot. Yep. Yeah. It's my favorite episode of this of the year. <laughs> is the one where he reveals it to me whilst I'm in the and middle so of the So Anthony, thanks for coming and being the main host while I kick off Linz from this show. Men only, finally, you know. Like just... No, but, but we did have fun catching up with Anthony and he will be around more often. But until then... Uh, grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 453, What's in a Name? There are a couple different ways I, w- I wanted to start today. Um... Me starting talking was not one of them, so. <laughs> Were you expecting just to do, like, a starting... Well, you... you, We had an entire conversation that you could have recorded. I know. You really just dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to have, like, Anthony just start talking at one point, mm-hmm. and then... You could have, like, asked me a question, Intruder. and then hit record, and then that would have entered, entered into it. Right? Yeah. That would have been a good way to do it, too. I, I did also consider showing up, like, 20 minutes late so that I could be in the middle of it and just kick the door in. Yeah. Just interrupting. Matt, you know, Matt's done that a couple times, so yeah. that wouldn't be a new... It organically enter, right? <laughs> a new thing. But... And then make it sound like a robbery or like you got swatted or something. Get on the ground! <laughs> I'm really interested. Well, we're still recording. <laughs> oh, what is your thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm really interested in playing out that scenario. As in, a, what would you be stealing from Tony? And <laughs> b, what would you be swatting Tony for? Because <laughs> eh. I heard he was doing something. You know, I'm a lonely child. <laughs> Just wants to mess with the cops. Well, Anthony, it's been forever since I've seen you. It's probably been a year plus, 
I think, at, right? Because we're past the year of COVID, so... And it was probably pre-COVID. I don't know... No, it was partially during COVID. Was it you, COVID? You, we still did some Skyping. Yes, that's right. Yep. And then... So yeah, probably about a year but, at this yeah. point. Because I think you, it was getting nice outside. And, and you then just, you thought we took summers off for some reason, I heard. <laughs> well, I thought you guys had stopped, at least for last summer. It had just, like, stopped for whatever reason. I had no idea it was still going. I was like, all right. I just thought you just didn't want to talk nerdy stuff anymore, even though we do all the time. <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right, well, I guess Anthony's out now. But I've literally not. just been at home by myself <laughs> watching Netflix and playing a lot of video games. Well, I'm glad to have you back, and hopefully uh, you can be a reoccurring... Uh, Co-host and well, I heard you guys take summers off, so we're almost <laughs> you know, we're a month out, so I'll if, get a couple weeks in. If we're super awkward, it's because Tony and I have gotten really used to it, it just being us two. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the conversation gets super weird, I'm gonna blame it on that. Okay, and not my actual personality. <laughs> <laughs> this is unique for me. I'm never this weird, right? <laughs> well, Anthony. Uh, why don't you go into uh, your comics that you want to review this week? Well, my comics are zero. What? Then why did you show up? <laughs> but the Same good news is I've watched a lot of media over the last month based on comics. So I watched all of Jupiter's Legacy. I watched all of Invincible. Uh, is Shadow and Bone? It's a book. It's a, a book. book. Yeah. So I was watching that. Um... So you're like every other person here in America that's watching nothing the same else things. to do. Yeah, and Netflix is like top ten, and I was like, all right, I got time for a top ten. But I've been binging them too, right? I mean, we talked about Invincible when we went and saw uh, Demon Slayer last week. Well, that's the real reason why I had him come over. We wanted to start off with actually doing a quick review of that, and then I guess we can. Is this an yeah. anime thing? It is. Ah. So it's actually the record holder for an animated movie in America theaters. It actually beat, I don't know if it was Howl's movie, or Princess Mononoke, it was yeah. a Ghibli movie, was the record holder for box office for an animated film, and it was actually number one the weekend it came out. I think wow. it came out with Nobody, and uh, whatever else came out that weekend, so I mean, it blew records out of the water in Japan, but it was just cool the fact that we could go, and it not only was it big enough to be in theaters in America, they actually had the subbed and the dubbed versions. You could both see at the theaters, so you could pick whichever you preferred, instead of just being like, "Hey, here's the Japanese version with subs." You know, right? Enjoy. So, did you guys watch the dubbed version? We did. Yeah. Yep. Losers. I w- <laughs> you don't even fucking watch anime. I do, and when I do, I watch it with subtitles. Oh, well, so, look at you. I'm a very fast reader, though. Uh, same. I I've been. Well, I also grew up, um, a friend of my mom's uh, is deaf, and so she was around the house a lot, and so we just had subtitles on permanently. So I was very used to not, like, missing out of the movie because I'm reading. Um, Plus, I'm trying to learn Japanese, and so it actually, it used to be, you know, I was, like, a purist, right? That was the reason I watched subtitles, but now it's like I can actually pick up words and stuff, and I'm like, ooh, Apple, yeah, I I know that. That's part of my vocab lesson. (laughs) Um, but I will say for this, there's a couple animes that I've... Cowboy Bebop, very good dub, American Voices. Um, well, they got some big names on that, they? Didn't do. They? Yeah. Uh, Demon Slayer, very good voices. The English voice actors are very good. And actually Dragon Ball Z, I think the English voice actors fit the characters better than the actual Japanese voice, mm. voice actors, too. So, I mean, like... 
Gohan's been voiced by a woman for years, which worked really well when he was young Gohan, but then when he turned into an adult man, having a woman's voice pretending to be an adult man doesn't really match. Right. And then the Goku actor um, might be female. I'd have to look it up, but I think it's a male, but his voice is just really high-pitched. And you're like, isn't this like the strongest dude in the universe? <laughs> and he's like, Ugh! I mean, you heard what men sound like when they're on a lot of like enhancers. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which might be what it is, right? The actor was like, all right, what would it sound like if he was on a bunch of steroids and his <laughs> testicles are really small? A couple more sensu beans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the movie because it was fucking kick ass. Yeah. So. For anyone who doesn't know, Demon Slayer had one season that they put out, and then in lieu of doing a second season, they did a like a mini arc, story arc, as a movie. So it's like two hours long. The intent is that the next season of the show, it's not over, they're making another season, will carry from this. But it was kind of like, you know, instead of doing some stupid arc that doesn't match the manga... They basically do a lot of justice to one small bit of the story arc, and it's it, just like very cool. It, to be honest, though, too, like this, this fits where the manga story is at, where this happens. But also, if they were to make it a into the season as a small story arc of the season, the ending um, of the movie, and I mean spoilers with someone's death would be so weird to have it just middle of a season. That's almost like the big cliffhanger at the end of a season, but then you can't push this story out to the end of that season where there's other demons and mm -hmm. things that happen in the manga. So it really needed to have this format to flesh it out in a way that didn't have a lot of filler that they could have easily done, taken the story arc. But it's in one setting. It's yeah, on a train. It, and it's like the arc itself, if you were to spread it out, um, in an, a series standard, standard like with episodes, I mean the the movie is like thirty minutes of intro, connection, characters, where are they going, like setting, and then it's like ninety minutes of fight. <laughs> it was so, fucking sweet, which is awesome because it's basically them battling uh, two major demons in the in the show, and it's like it would probably be twenty twenty five episodes of the same setting and in a series you would be like oh my gosh I'm so tired of this train yeah like because right. you can only do so much on a train and be basically say like this whole season you know 20 episodes is two hours right of in show time so it was a perfect media for it I think they just ended up with a nice like story arc that could be isolated to like the main characters interactions with kind of this mentor character and then showing off how badass the mentor is um there's another anime black clover very popular right now um that they were actually getting a lot of negative feedback on the quality of the show because the showrunners like i guess you could call them the producers right so the disney of whatever that company right. is was pushing them hard to get they were doing weekly serial episodes and they're like you know the quality is dropping because you only have so much time to make it so they ended at the end of like the beginning of a story arc they kind of left a cliffhanger and they're doing the same thing they're going to make a movie mm. that kind of shows because it's a big battle right there's like this major singular villain they can fight maybe a couple sub villains or something but you put two hours into it and I actually watched a uh, 
Corridor Crew video today. They, they were uh, doing anime, like okay. reviewing anime animation, and they were talking about the number of frames. And they were saying, like, in uh, like a Disney movie, um, or not in Voltron, there's a number of like drawn frames and stuff. They said things like that have like three to four hundred thousand frames an episode. Wow. Where like anime, like My Hero, which is very well touted for animation, are they're doing like thirty to forty thousand. So like, you know, a tenth uh, yeah. of the frames. And so they were talking about kind of some of the cheats they do, right? Where you've got like one notable where the ice character Todoroki is basically sweeping his hand off across the ground to make an ice thing. His hand is standard in the middle of the frame. It doesn't even move. It's a singular drawn hand. And then it just wipe four or five frames of background behind it with motion lines. And it looks like he's sweeping his hand across the ground, right? And it's all about the cuts. But with something like Voltron, where you didn't have hardly any still imagery, it was mm -hmm. constantly transforming. I mean, it, it's a lot more effort. You can see it, right? You can see in the quality of Voltron and stuff. But yeah, so something like a movie, they can put um, you know, two million frames or whatever it is into a movie, and it's really high quality. They can spend the time, and it obviously shows they make their money back. Well, like UFO Table is just doing amazing with anime yes. right now. <laughs> All the anime fans are yelling at you right now. <laughs> UFO Table is the name of the actual uh, um, UFO Table, and I think the Japanese pronunciation would be like UFO Tuburu or something like that. So, Uf UFO Table is just. Like you just alienated Rude. the new anime <laughs> listeners. Were like, oh, they know here. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Incoming, but <laughs> besides my table trying to kill Linz over there, <laughs> I just want to say the the major thing too with with the movie um, with the Demon Train was not just the bad guys, but the heroes. Mm -hmm. And getting more um, in-depth with their characters and everything. How brutal the dream sequence is and having to come oh, out of it. Yeah. Just yeah. like, holy fuck. I think that you're you're seeing kind of like... I mean, much like comics, right? You have like Silver Age, Golden Age. These different like generations of the comic of, you know... Anime has the same thing where they're defined by something, right? So in the 90s, you had like... Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop, and they're like throwing in hip hop records, you know, as the backgrounds and stuff like that. And then you had like DBZ came out, it was like everything about fighters and Gundams. And right now, story is like king in a ton of animes where they're realizing like you can have great fights, but if your characters suck, no one likes them. And so you look at my, like My Hero, uh, Demon Slayer are two really good examples of characters, right? The first season of Demon Slayer. Everyone got their background. You know, you obviously see most of the protagonists, but his, you know, his entourage, his two friends, and his, um, they get their own backstory a little bit. And then you get to see their personalities each shine in the movie. It was not by no means just about the main hero. It was very much equal screen time. It was probably more about uh, the mentor character. Ren Goku. Ren Goku than necessarily uh, our actual protagonist. And it was like, this guy's like... Well, that dude just was a character of itself like you can't explain he, every he, delicious yeah, every delicious. character has it that's the other thing is very unique right where if you look at like a dragon ball z nine of them are the same people right nine of the characters 
are basically the same one with different differing levels of power and cowardice. Mm-hmm. That's basically it, right? So, you know, Goku and Gohan and Piccolo are all pretty much the same character. Yeah, put me in there. We're all pretty much the same. <laughs> Tony, you know, and Krillin, you know, pretty much the same. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, they each had, you have one who's got a boar's head. He wears a boar's head over his actual head. So you only see his actual face, like, twice in the whole anime. Um, and at one point he cries a little bit and the tears come out of the mask eyes. So, oh, you know, it's weird. hilarious and kind of make, you know, funny, but <laughs> you've got the character who can only fight when he's asleep. Like he has mm-hmm. to like be knocked unconscious or fall asleep. And he's like a total badass. He's like the fastest character in the anime he uses like lightning form and just really cool character. Each one of them has their own caricature. The villains too. Uh, the villains are very unique. They're not just all hash. And I think that's a kudos. You have, Something like DBZ, you know, people talk about Frieza being one of the greatest villains of all time because of his unique characteristic. And then there's like 90 copies of the same generic bad guy that they have to go through to power up before they get to sell, right? You know, a singular one where some like Demon Slayer, they're like, okay, there's only 12 bad guys and they all have unique powers and personalities and we get to take time going through them instead of it being a bunch of fodder for 20 episodes or something like that. Another thing, too, animes are not doing 21 seasons. Like, I think uh, One Piece is still going. It, it's insane. My my kid loves One Piece, and we watched it a lot when he was younger because I think it was on Oh, it's been on. or something Yeah, it's like been that. on since the 90s, so... And then it went off because I don't think they were doing Funimation anymore or whatever that block was that they were doing on Cartoon Network. For a while. I think the Japanese say funny man they they show. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to listen to you. Um, but oh my gosh, he started watching it with his, with his new little brother, who is not my child, um, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, and they, he started at one. And I was like, you're going to be watching that until that kid turns 18. Mm-hmm. That's how, It's insane to me. Oh, yeah. And how? How? Yeah. Well, and what's crazy, <laughs> at least with One Piece, is the author has mentioned that at this point, I think he said he's only used like 40% of available story potential. That's crazy. Like he has still six, uh, already like pre-written like notes on 60% more uh, story. And I'm thinking, there are like 950 episodes. That's what I was telling you like with with Demon Slayer, some of those like demons got dispatched like quick. quick. (laughs) Then I'm like, I was thinking each one was going to be its whole season. No, they took out three in one season, right? And they're not... Because, like, if for anyone who hasn't seen the show, they basically split the demons into upper and lower ranks. And it's kind of Sith Lord quality, where if you want to get to the upper rank, you have to kill an upper rank, and then you get to take their power. Like the Highlander? Yeah. And you have... It, it's <laughs> like, if you can kill... Like, they gain power by eating humans. And obviously, the more powerful the human, the more they get. And then, if they get to the upper ranks, then they're rewarded with more demon blood from the king, demon king, right? And that gives you like this huge power boost or whatever. So they've got like the six upper, five lower. I forget what the number is. I think it's five and six. But um, yeah, they killed off like a third of available demons in one season. And so you're thinking, well, I mean, it, likely they're only going to do three or four seasons because they're like, there's just, yeah, it's great to have One Piece, but people really like stories and you cannot get a cohesive re- resolution to a story that's 980 episodes. That's why I don't want to start One Piece. Like, that's just too much. I did it for three months watching a lot of episodes and I got to like 270 and I was like 
There's a lot of filler in here. <laughs> if you fast forward through both the intro and the outro, which I would, yeah, the it cuts episodes down. are like ten minutes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it cuts down by quite a bit. So I was doing like six or seven episodes a day because I could skip through, you know, the first minute and a half yeah. and the last two minutes or whatever. Um, but still, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. There's no filler in Demon Slayer, and that's the way I want it done. I mean, some of the best animes I've watched, or what I would point to, are the best are short because how can you you know it's the same as reading a book right if you've been reading the same series of books since you were like a kid there's never an ending to that story that's satisfying enough. right that's true or like so naruto was one that i watched since i was a, in middle school right and i watched it through in through college and watched the ending of it and i was like it was just like a five episode end it was like a three episode battle between mm-hmm the main two characters and you're like oh this is what we've been waiting for and it took them like six episodes of the show where it was like the highest you know per- possible performance and like drawing and then they did have two follow-up movies and then you're like okay it's fu- kind of resolved good enough and then, then they come out with like the next and then gen. his kids are coming yeah. out yeah yeah so they just made you're like oh okay he's coming back anyway all right <laughs> But I uh, highly recommend it if any. It's one season, like I said. It's, I think it's like twenty episodes, twenty-ish yeah. episodes, and then, and again, if you skip the intro and the outro, that's <laughs> five six minutes off a thirty-minute show. You're <laughs> you can blow through them. I mean, much quicker than like a Invincible or something where they're forty-five minutes. So. <sighs> Those shows are just they just flew by though. They did. We can quick briefly go through all of them since we haven't really, chat, or Anthony hasn't really chatted. Yeah, I think by the time we, I think the last time we recorded, you had not finished watching it yet. Yes, so I have now, and well, that's where we went. We went and got dinner before we went and saw the movie. And he, I actually thought Invincible's last episode didn't wouldn't exist. I didn't realize that there had been one more released the previous Friday, and I was like, yeah, what an ending! I was like, I wanted more, right? Basically, me thinking the second to last episode was Mm -hmm. the last episode, Mm -hmm. and I was like. He rips him in half, and then we have no resolution. Like, you know, don't blue ball me like this. And then the last episode was just like, uh, ah, damn. Yeah. That train. I I, I texted him. Two trains in one night. Yeah. It was right after watching the Demon Slayer. Like, holy shit. That was rough. And then him just saying he'd have his dad still, like. You knew it was coming, and it still broke your heart when he said it. And you're like, ugh. And just the ending of it, too, like. What are you going to do? And he's like, probably finish high school, but like showing all these different scenarios of bad guys and <laughs> things going on. All of his enemies preparing for invasions, right? Yeah. And, and it makes me really want to go back and read the comics. It's something I've always said I was going to do, mm-hmm. but I have so many fucking comics to read that then I'm also like, I kind of, maybe this can be its thing for me and I could be surprised while watching the show. So I don't know which way to go still, mm-hmm. but... Damn, that's good. That's a tough choice, too, when you have one that's well-produced like this, right? It's not going off the rails and making its own story. It's staying true to a lot of the, the heart of the original story and the, the ability to see it in animated format mm-hmm. when done well, right? All those things together. It's, like, tempting because I... Where for anime, I would do that. I'd read the manga at the same time I was watching the anime, and the manga is usually, like, a season ahead or more, right? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember when they did this. And, oh, I've got the, you know, the little filler detail that I got in the six manga that were converted into one episode. But with something like Invincible, it's like I started with the show and I'm like, I don't want to read ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, 
So if you are a member of Comixology's um, Comixology Unlimited, they're available to read as part of that for free right now, but they've put out a bunch of compendiums and stuff. Connor was telling me that it, I don't know if this is true, and I didn't do any research to see if he was right or not. So rumors. <laughs> um, but he said it's one of the most popular things ever put on TV that's based on an independent comic book. And I was like, well, but also The Walking Dead, right, yeah. is the same guy. The what? <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> I was like, it's the same guy. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure Walking Dead was immensely popular. Yeah. So I don't know. Where but it's very, po- I mean, I would say it is very possible, particularly with the fact that we've got it's a, on a streaming platform, right? I mean, yeah. Walking Dead was AMC, That's so true. you had to have a cable package that had it, and maybe you'd torn it later, but... Yeah. I think his his big thing was that friends of his who are into comic books, and Tony understands this, were talking to him about it, whereas that wasn't really a thing with The Walking Dead. Yep. It was a lot of older people watching The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and young people, I think, probably because it was ultraviolet. Really enjoyed watching Invincible. Yeah, any any of those parents who are like, oh, Walking Dead's too bloody and gory, and they're like, oh, but a, a superhero cartoon? Yeah, it's a cartoon. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then they walk in on that train scene, and they're like, oh, body, you know, body parts. He rips the arm off. Oh it's my gosh, like, it's brutal. The whole thing is brutal. That's the other thing too. I love this like generation of being a media consumer because not just because it's bloody, but the concepts in shows are so much more mature without necessarily being like just for like the shock factor right right it's part of the story it actually fills some element of the story um which is to lead in the next one jupiter's legacy um well there's tons of things before of saying things were good that i could have easily gone (laughs) another route of being like but you know different opinions on but the big thing about that is that show i have seen the whole show and i won't spoil it but um i think it's worth the time spent don't expect it to be as valuable as other things so don't do that first but if you have nothing else to do you know i think it's worth that but they spend a lot of their time talking about what happens when boomer heroes yeah. end up in the modern world where supervillains don't have their own code yeah. to live by and they're just like I'll, I'll murder you right so have you seen the television show succession no it's about this billionaire family whose elders are aging out and mm-hmm. don't want to be part of it anymore, and the young people of the family are starting to come up and take over, and they're all just a bunch of entitled pricks yep. and super weird. And that's what 100% the comic... I haven't watched the show yet, but that's what the comic book reminded me of. It was like these aging heroes that are like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. My kids are going to take over, and then you meet the kids, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. This is our hope. Yeah. Well, I will say from the show's show's perspective, they present the new generation of heroes as basically born with PTSD, where they're like, hey, congrats, you get to inherit, right? Because, you know, in the story, the original heroes earn their powers. Right. And which is like the succession kind of idea, right? They, you know, oil or steel or whatever it was. And then the next generation were born with their powers. And so they have, like, the responsibility they didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. I didn't want this. It was just given to me. And then the villains are becoming, you know, 
superheroes, there's more of them, which also means there's more super villains. Right. And so they're also now murdering everybody. Yeah. And it's not just like a bank robbery. It's like a bank robbery where they self-detonate and kill like 10,000 people, you know, stuff like that. So. I just couldn't get over the aesthetics of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... <clears throat> There, there were some things where it just felt like it was the B-list uh, movie budget for special effects. Yeah, well, we were talking like, about sci-fi. Like well, a sci- yes, like and a goodish it, sci-fi. And movie. Shadow and Bone has amazing uh, FX. Yeah. Uh, tons of other shows that I've loved that come from like sci-fi, like The Expanse or The Magicians, mm-hmm. all look good. I've only watched the first episode, so maybe I might go back and watch the second one. But the suits just look too glossy. And it's one of those things I love watching Adam Savage uh, tested. And he talks about props and everything that you need to show, like, you need to get this all scuffed up and oiled up and, like, what he calls weathering all of his, like, outfits and everything that he makes. Because he goes, This is a, you're playing a character, and this character has gone through some shit. They shouldn't be shiny. They shouldn't have a should have a cape that has tatters where it's, well, it's like, like Dark drag- Knight trilogy, right? When he's getting in fights post fight, his cape is ripped. Yeah. He's got chunks missing of armor. Yeah. So going back to Invincible though, if you think about that, the dad what was the dad? Omni Man. He, he pristine most of the time. Yeah. If there wasn't blood on it. Yeah. Yeah. Christine, and then his kid was always getting his shit jacked up. Every episode, he he needed a new suit, yeah. So, it could be something based on that, right? Like, they've they've so much, they've honed their skills to the point where it's like... They don't even take damage, yeah. yeah, I I would say that that you mention it, there definitely is, because um, Utopian Son, I don't even remember his name, but the, his son character, who's basically a copy... Um, he does get his suit much more worn down. I do see that. But even if so, I do agree with the fact that the suits of at least what I think it's what they call them the majors. So that's like the original group of superheroes, but um, that their suits are, are pristine. They're like shiny, right? You know, the emblem is shiny mm-hmm. and it's polished and like CGI shiny almost, mm-hmm. right? It's like reflecting light and stuff. And you definitely see that in the show. That I this is where I think they lost some of the story. You know, they spent so much worrying about the political views in the show that they forgot that set piece is important too, right? And the costumes being part of the set piece, because I mean, the villains that they're fighting in the show are like badass compared to other superhero shows of you know of a similar mm-hmm. type. They are not chumps. I mean. You're seeing a you see a hero die almost in most of the episodes. You know, some of them are like D heroes, right? You, you hear what you know? What's this person's name? Oh, I never even you know. This is the first time I heard of them, and now they're dead, right? <laughs> but they're actually dying. So I would like to see uh, some more scuff. I think that would. So it's, agree it's on that. getting eviscerated on Rotten Tomatoes. It is, sure. but then. When I go into and look even further, though, that's based off of 31 reviews. And now I think about it a little bit harder. Whenever anything's fresh or rotten, like, it's still based off of only a small fucking handful of reviews. And it's a 50%, right? You can have a 49% and you get a rotten, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that's 3 out of 5. That's like, okay, that's decent. Most of the animes that I've liked are like a 7 out of 10. But, like, I could go... 
us through right now could go in and like totally change or eviscerate reviews <laughs> if, if we took the time to go do that. Right. So I, I also realized don't always listen to anything Rotten Tomato. Now I personally, like I said, I I don't like it, but I will give it a second chance. Obviously, Anthony, I, I would say the it. biggest recommendation for it is if you like the plot point of the realistic element of superheroes in the real world, right? I mean, they actually do... Like the boys? Yeah, like the boys, right? You know, and that's good, probably. You know, they're focused more on the superhero side, right? And not so much as, like, a normal person in a superhero world like the boys does. Mm -hmm. But they're really talking about the fact, like, the, the core piece of the show is that the original superheroes came up with the code... And the code says you can't kill anybody. And in, like, episode two, a hero kills somebody. Mm. And so it's all about the repercussions because here it ends up being, like, 70% of the U.S. population basically says we're tired of dying while you won't just kill this dude yeah. who obviously needs to die. And they're like, you know, that. Yeah. So there's some, like, there's some really cool, and they don't get the government involved, which is another cool thing. It seems to be within the superheroes. Um, not that the government could really do anything, because unlike Invincible... Fucking superheroes wearing masks and shit. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that's really weird in this. None of them wear masks. Yeah. They're all known. And they'll, like, you know, Utopians got that... Well, we can talk about that. That weird, like, bl uh, bleached platinum hair. Yeah. And he walks around and people are like, it's Utopia. But they don't actually <laughs> talk to him. They're just like... They go to a coffee shop at one point and the old lady pours and she's like... Staring out of my other eyes, and she like. <laughs> Do they have runs normal away. people in their lives, or is it like, is his, like, are they married to each other? Not really. Yeah. It's it's so you. That's got, always the thing with superheroes, right? Is the collateral. That's yep. why they hide their identities. Well, all the of Mary their, Janes of it all. Yeah, and well, <laughs> they have Mary Janes, but they're superheroes. Okay. And the other thing, right? So you've got um, just because of the, I guess the spread because it's in the twenties is when they get their powers, and so I guess. And it's, I don't know the whole backstory, but I only know about six people getting powers from not birth. And, like, hundreds of people in, throughout the Earth have superpowers. So those six Dude, people must like be getting three busy. generations of people. Yeah. yeah. It's like they must be getting busy with, like, a bunch of... Some of them must have because... And they have all kinds of powers. And, and they don't really explore, like, where their powers come from, which is fine. But they've got people who can, like, do sound waves. they got electricity-based... They've got a magic car that can teleport through walls. They don't explain where it comes from. One guy's just like, I bought it off of this guy, who's a, apparently someone else we've never been introduced to. There's a lot of like backstory because they really focus on that whole code concept. So it's a cool, if you like exploring the realistic nature of superheroes trying to, it's, it's almost like a case study in Batman, is what I called it, right? Batman's got this no-kill code. He'll maim a guy and, you know, mm -hmm. make him a paraplegic or something like that, but right. he yeah. won't kill a dude. And in this, it's the same thing where they're like, we don't kill. And it's like, well, he just killed three heroes. <laughs> like, he just killed three of us. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I know it came out uh, a little bit ago, but I finally watched uh, Thunder Force. Oh. Have you watched that? No. I haven't seen it. That That is pretty good is it yeah i think it could have made it at the movie theater i have a love-hate relationship with melissa mccarthy because she's done some really amazing things and she's been funny and she did that movie where she played the woman who was forging the notes from the famous writers which was mm -hmm. a very good movie and but then she does some really bullshit <laughs> movies and i was super afraid that that is going to be one of them 
the fact that you like it doesn't convince me otherwise, though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right, so, those who obviously can't see, uh, I'm pulling up the Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a tomato meter of 130 reviews of 22%, yeah. and an audience score of 1,000 plus of 23%, right? It's not one of those cases you where... You enjoyed it, though? I enjoyed Were it. Were you... Under the influence whilst no. enjoying it? No, I was just, I was flipping He's like, through I the came sh- straight back from church, watched it right after church. <laughs> <laughs> I was as pure as a newborn baby. <laughs> well, so, I guess what was the redeeming, right? Everyone's going to be, if it's being pretty heavily panned, what's the redeeming factor it? for it? Okay, because there's, there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> The way Melissa's humor is in the, it just was dumb humor. Okay. Yeah. Like, to me, I just thought it was so dumb it was funny. So, the Happy Gilmore treatment. Kind right? of. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, the story of Happy Gilmore is written by a fourth grader, but the jokes are funny enough and they last, they make you giggle throughout the movie. So yeah, there's like, some like physical it. gag comedy uh, when she's getting her powers and going through the training and mm-hmm. all that, so... Oh, God. I'd say give it a shot. I'll give Jupiter's Legacy another shot. <laughs> when I have nothing else to watch, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'm actually finding... That's the thing. Like You were talking earlier about like the waves of Netflix. It's like, here's nine shows to watch. You're like, dang, I want all nine of those. You're like, I guess I'll get started. And it's like two months later, they haven't released anything else. And you're like, there's nothing on Netflix to watch. <laughs> I guess I'll watch this crap that Tony recommended <laughs> four months ago. Which is nice that they have the watch list, right? Yeah. I just add stuff to it and then... Finally, I have that day. I'm not. I have nothing to watch, and I look up, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'll get a beer." You know. <laughs> I mean, this showed up because I was looking for superhero shit, and mm-hmm. that showed like, up. I was like, oh, "Okay, this could be." Yeah. What did you watch it on? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. I'm a little animated out right now. A little bit, you know. Yeah. You want some real Sha- world? Halfway stuff. through Shadow and uh, Shadow and Bone. Halfway through that, yeah, I yeah or I watched Bone that. And Shadow, Shadow and Bone, yep. yeah. I watched that probably in a week, a couple days, three or four days, kind of binge through it. Really, it for me, uh, it, it always takes a little bit to get into the new world. Like I'm like, yep. what the hell is going on? New magic system. I was uh, yeah, I was a little, and honestly, I went to the Wikipedia page and it quickly, simply said how the world is set up and why they're doing this, and I'm like holy shit, this now makes me enjoy even more. Like, I was enjoying where I was going, but I'm like, there's some political intrigue that I don't know the forces that are, you mm-hmm. know, all going. And then once I learn that, I go, okay, I can it, see why this I, giant rift uh, sucks. It presents a beautiful season two. Not to, not to say that season one itself isn't good, but they do a really good job of mixing entertainment with world building, right? That's the curse of season one of a show, especially if it has a magic system or superpower yeah. or something, you're like, hey, so I need to explain to you why they can shoot fire from their hands, right? You know, Avatar, they're like, okay, it's like this weird elements spirit thing, and you have to go six seasons into Korra to really find out. But um, with this, they're like, okay, here's why they can shoot fire or wind. And then we're like, oh, but we also want to teach, you know, show you the tears, right? These peoples tend to be the bourgeois, of this kind of it's like this weird Russian like 1940s post World War II technology mm-hmm. um, and is the book Russian or written by a Russian it's not written so the the main uh, Radska or whatever that's supposed to be Russia uh, down south with the 
Shu or Su or whatever. Yeah. That's supposed to be China. There is another area where okay. it's supposed to be. So it's, it's very taking much an different Asian, Asian continent. Well, and Europe, because then some of the island nations and yep. stuff are there too. Are uh, that was also what I learned. So I'm from trying the wiki. to think of like a really good example. I've got there's like some games I've played that kind of take that, and it's like this weird like that Lelouch of the Rebellion. That's oh, an yeah. anime similar idea. It's just the Mecca version, but right, you have like this weird European. Um, there's no American, right? There's no like. American names, there's no American influence, it's very much, like you're saying, a lot of them are Russian names and stuff, but uh, the villain is really cool in the show, uh, The they so anyone watching it, I will say that you do get the explanation on where the rift comes from in the first season, so you get some resolution onto that, and it sets up a really cool villain for the second season, um, and then kind of sets, you know, her up as not a, this, like, pathetic you know, woman who needs the man because it almost appears like that at the beginning. She's got like her friend yeah. who's like the gunner and she's like a map maker. And you're like, oh, she's just going to get saved by him a bunch of times. It's definitely <laughs> not Ugh, that at all. Good. Nobody needs that. She's constantly saving him while he tries to save her. Yeah. Like he'll show up. He's like, I'm here to save you. And then get like captured. And good. she like shows up and rescues him again. He's like, good. I'll protect you. And gets knocked <laughs> unconscious. And you're like, you're useless. Um, so the lady that wrote it's name is Lee Bardugo. She's Israeli American. Not so at she... all the ethnicity I would have expected writing the book like this, but that's cool. Yeah. She was born in Israel but moved to California in her youth. She does look like the type of lady who would write this yeah, book yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. She's got so. that she's got that guy. Yeah. You've seen that, I don't know, there was like a was it Comcast or whatever, but the guy who's got like the pet giraffe. Like the tiny giraffe on his couch, like that's the kind of guy like I would expect to live in this universe. It's that's like, a random like thought memory, but I know what you're saying. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Anthony, do you have anything else that you want to uh, unload on us before we get into comic book reviews? I guess thing. Last thing's gaming. I spent a ton of time gaming. I played a ton of games over the last year. Um, I would say recently, what's in people's recent minds. So if you haven't played it, it takes two. Is a really fun one. It's a cooperative, and it's a couch co-op. Were you telling me about that one? No, no you were telling no. me about some co-op game you were playing. Um, Among Us, probably. Maybe. Uh, so it takes two. Is it's two people. It's, it takes two, and it's basically uh, like an, a platformer adventure puzzle game. So you're like solving puzzles, things like your cats can't play video games. Who are you playing with? <laughs> Nobody. Well, <laughs> thankfully, it's also online okay. couch co-op, right? So. Uh, how that works is it's a cooperative where you have a split screen, but you see, so even if I'm playing with you online, I see your viewpoint the same as mine because it make you need to like, you might be aiming something and I need to see where you're aiming so that I can receive whatever you're shooting at me. But it's like a cute, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's a very cute, you play a husband and wife and uh, they basically, their daughter's tears casts like this kind of like curse on them and makes them really tiny and puts them inside two of her like toy dolls that they like handmade toy dolls and you have to uh resolve your marriage struggles through the adventure right so you're fighting like vacuums and toolboxes and a bunch of things like in their shed in the bedroom hmm. you're fighting her stuffed uh monkey named um moon baboon you know <laughs> so it's really cute games there's this this like book that's like a book on love that has 
hey, like, stereotypic Spanish or, like, Spaniard accent or Italian. And he, he's, like, going around giving you advice. And he's like, you have to work together. And so stuff like that. <laughs> Very cute. So if you're looking for someone to play with somebody else, like I said, you can do it in the same room, the same console if you have two controllers or uh, online. Um, most recently, Resident Evil 8 came out Friday, I believe it was, last Friday. And or Resident Evil Village. So they don't really go by numbers now anymore. They're just calling it a village. And it's a con direct continuation sequel for Resident Evil 7. Um, I haven't played 8, but 7 was very terrifying in some parts. And I have zero qualms about like ghosts and or demons or any of that stuff. Um, but Resident Evil 8 uh, Village is definitely spooky. Some and it's it 7 was spooky in that it had monsters, right? But they were like over the top monsters, like Resin, like the Resident Evil movies, with Mila Jovovich. Um, but uh, they're like human esque. You have Dimitrescu, I think is her name, and she's like mommy Dimitrescu. So you get a lot of weird like sex fantasies about her because she's like this eight and a half foot tall, big breasted plantation owner style woman. Yes, there you go. Um, so there's a lot and. The big thing is that in the trailer when she was first released, she steps on the main character. And so people are like, oh my god, Mommy Dimitrescu is stepping on me, you know. Uh, weird oh, feet geez. stuff. Oh, um, but she is super creepy. She's like a vampire, I think. She has two daughters that are vampires that are part of the whole plot. And uh, you play the same character. And then the last thing I've been playing is Returnal. Only play it if you like games where you die a lot and you're frustrated. Oh. Because it's one of those. Love those. Uh, it's one of those things where you die frequently and you get like little bits of upgrades that make your next run a little bit better. And eventually you'll have like a shining, like excellent run. And you'll be like, I could beat the whole game with this. And then they throw a new boss at you and you die. <laughs> and so you need to be like, okay, so I'm back to zero. I have literally no weapons anymore. I have to go through all this again. So. That sounds terrible. I almost threw my PlayStation playing the last Doom game. Oh, I love that game, Let too. Let alone something oh. where it's set up for me to die constantly. Yeah. Um, have you seen Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise? Yes. Uh, Fucking love that movie. Live, Die, Repeat. It's that the game, right? You're Except the difference is that every time you go into the game, the rooms are different. Mm. So you don't have you can't use the strategy of no you don't know what the next room is going to look like. They end up becoming familiar. There's only so many possible room combinations, so you see duplicates, but they're all in like different random orders and stuff. There's a little plot, not necessary for this kind of game, but I've been spending a decent amount of time playing that. All right. Well, I just realized Anthony maybe should have came here the other week when we talked about what we've done over the past year and all this. <laughs> and I'm just going to delete all this now because this isn't the Anthony show. You asked him. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What else? Uh, so I went to my sister's house for a birthday. No. no, I I am like I said. I am glad that you're back and that you will uh, get back into reading some comics and yes. uh, I'll have to share some with you. Uh, you have a long time to catch up on X-Men, but fuck, man. Mm -hmm. How long's a long time? Like a whole year's worth. I mean, there's a lot of, com yeah, X-Men. I'll, I'll try to help you out and get you the main ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, are they branching out into, uh... Uh, oh, yeah. All like of every, everything, now. though, is oh, just, smokes. it ties back in. It's just, it's hard not to... Have they not those. made a volumes yet right where they co like condense oh they they, they they you could get those yeah. but i'm saying that still has 
the six different titles mm-hmm. of you know coming out right. two a month or almost every week it feels like sometimes depending on if it's an event or not there's there's quite i would say there's what issue there's third, probably a hundred bucks to read well over minimum. that something and there's if there's a couple different titles with at least 30 each what's x-men numbered at right now X-Men is... I think they don't have X-Men yet. I thought they... Yeah, they did. Oh, they did, but... Oh, I haven't seen it come out in a while. That's how they started, They're remaking right? the X-Men. Because so I remember they, reading X-Men. Yeah. When the, one through five or nine or whatever it was. When they, when they started doing the new... Where they yeah. had Krakoa and... Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But they're making a new X-Men team. Yes. That's where I was thinking. I thought that was a number one that they've been promoting... But maybe it's so not. now they got twenty twenty number one and twenty twenty one number yeah. one. <laughs> so, Linz, what do you got to review this week? Hold on, my internet just pooped out. I have to disable my VPN. VPN. Uh, speaking of VPNs, our sponsor today. <laughs> you got NordVPN? <laughs> Is that the or Express VPN? Those are the two that I hear all the time. Mine's um work. Provided, With honey, you can save tons of money. <laughs> Get Wait. deals right on your desktop while you surf. I've used honey before. It has given me deals. Oh, I have too. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I mean, VPNs are also good to have as well. Yes. <laughs> With Raid Shadow Legends, you know, I see that. I, I've been watching a lot of Twitch streamers, and that you know, they're they love spending money on Twitch streamers. People, you know, like I've literally never seen you play. Like anything other than sports games, and they're like Raid Shadow Legends. I love it. And I was like, No, you don't. Don't lie to us. <laughs> Just say you were sponsored by it. Let's all be honest here. All right. Well then, I got it. I'm oh. back. I'm back. I was gonna say I could start too. <laughs> so the first book I read, I picked up. It's very indie. It's by Behemoth, which is not a studio that I've read books out of before. It's called Junkie Cable, and I picked it up because it looks very like. Nathan Summers that's Punky. high on crack. Well, the so the synopsis didn't really... The synopsis of the book wasn't what drew me in because it was very like this character and this character trying to save this character in a world where there's an apocalypse and future and, and technology and blah, 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 blah. But the art is really what drew me in. And then I got into the book. <laughs> and I know it's... It's like they took like a studio Ghibli sort of aesthetic and mashed it with some steampunk and like a little bit of Tank Girl. Which kind of steampunk? Like, like the big goggle steampunk. Mm, so not like not branching because I've seen we've been I've talked about this with friends lately. You've got the si- steampunk that kind of blends into cyberpunk. It's and then, that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's cyberpunky steampunk okay. sort of. But it's also very, like, is written, I can only imagine by a, a man who who has a lot of sexual desires. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Unfulfilled. Holy shit is, like, the sexuality of this book just packed into every fucking inch of it. To the point where I was like, and I'm, like, pro all kinds of that stuff, but to the point where I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Seriously? One of the things is the so the main characters' names are Ally, which is short for Aloysius, and the other one's name is Cheap. 
and they're like a married couple, but they're saving these little creatures to take to this woman so that they can get a pass somewhere so they can save their uh, daughter, stepdaughter, adopted daughter, whatever she ends up being. And these little creatures, like, she's running from these people. You don't know why, I'm assuming. There's a bounty on her for some reason. And she gets to where she's going, and, like, this little creature crawls out from between her boobs and just starts yelling boobies over and over and over again. As one does. And then later, when she's having sex with her husband, because that happens in this book, in a way, we're like, you have they have normal sex, but then they also connect a wire to each other's heads because that lets you feel what the other person is So Avatar feeling. style, like ponytail to ponytail. So you can feel what you're feeling plus the sexual enjoyment they're feeling. So you're getting like double... Well, it's like a motivator to make sure your partner's happy, right? Yes, but also, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> How amazing that would be? But then this little creature runs into the room and is like, Mommy, I'm hungry! And like runs <laughs> at her boobs and stuff. It's just so weird... But fun, like I couldn't stop reading. Is there it. actually a story in this, the, uh, or is it just like a caricature of this guy's weird fantasies? It's there's not a story yet. Okay, there's a build up to a story, and I'm hoping once they get into the second issue because it was intriguing enough for me to like want to keep going. And I am, you know, I I love a good smut rag, so <laughs> you just need that release, though. <laughs> I need to see what happens. Like, these little things end up being food for this woman, this giant woman who has, like, six boobs to eat so that she can, like, lay these eggs that turn into, like, more hot women that they can prostitute out or something like that. It was, it's super <laughs> weird. It's such a crazy, wild, super weird book. They um, should make a show about it. This <laughs> seems like the perfect thing you can just throw it, on... Amazon Prime. Hundred percent. Like I was like, I could see this on Adult Swim because mm-hmm. it's that weird that it would be perfect for like that first hour, hour and a half of Adult Swim where you're watching it and you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is, <laughs> but I can't stop watching it. What that's, world did I? <laughs> that's what this book reminds me of. So, if you want some good old weird cyberpunk alien post-apocalyptic sexy fun, then. You can totally pick this up. I'm trying to find out. I had this. I had this guy. Claudio Avela is the name of the guy who wrote Andrew it. It was a one man show on this one. Probably That's... because he asked a bunch of people and they're like, "You're messed <laughs> up, man." <laughs> I put my name on that. He's done some work for Aspen, so that kind okay. of seems about right, right? Because Aspen is another one of those where the women are all real sexy. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> who's this from? What it's a, called Behemoth. Behemoth. So okay. it's a very indie publisher. One I don't, I can't, I don't even know that I've heard of them before. How did you find this? On Comicsology. Okay. Okay. I do a search to see, and every once in a while, I just like to pick a weird, random, super indie comic just to. Kind That's of like go. going to Reddit or Imager and being like random. <laughs> 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 that that can get real dark real quick. Um, the other book I read was The Good Asian from Image. And I got a little nervous going into it. I had to make sure it wasn't written by a white dude before I read mm-hmm. it. Because I didn't want to read a book called The Good Asian mm-hmm. that was written by a white dude. It's, like The Good Wife being written by a man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. It's written by a guy whose name is, and I might need your help with this, Anthony. Is he Japanese? This is his name. 
Can you please pronounce that name for me? Because I don't know how it's I would Thai. pronounce it. It's Thai. He's Thai American. Okay, so Porsnock would be my. It literally looks like porn, porn sack. sack. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even want to Google it on my. I'm so work glad laptop. you had him. <laughs> this you know me. I couldn't. I guess like I can't even Google his name on my work laptop because I'm worried. <laughs> I don't even have like any friends that are Thai that I can like ask about the pronunciation, but. It's for those who want to know. It's porn sack without the c. Yeah. It's almost the exact spelling of his first name, and then pichetchote would be my so I guess, but pichetchote is what I would say for the last name. The last name I actually thought was a little bit easier to pronounce, just because all of my instincts are like that says porn sack, and it I feel terrible because that is a hundred percent not the way it's pronounced probably, but I don't know. I did I don't know anyway. Um, so this book is a, getting past this guy's name, this book is a, like, a 1930s, 40s detective noir style book. Ooh, I like those. The main character is, uh, Asian American. Um, his mother was a maid for a really rich man, and when she died... He ended up just staying with the family that his mom worked for and being raised by them Hmm. Um, in Hawaii, which was at the time the only place in the United States where somebody who was Asian could get a job like a detective or a cop or anything like that. So the one thing I really liked about this book is at the very beginning, they kind of cover the act that was put in place in the late 1800s that prohibited Asian people from immigrating to the United States, and they kind of covered Angel Island, which was in San Francisco, an island where Asian people would, when they wanted to immigrate to the United States, would be held for sometimes up to two years, and given health tests and stuff like that until Mm -hmm. they were suitable to enter the United States. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in this book that makes me feel uncomfortable, which I think is the point, right? So, like, they use the term oriental in referring to people a lot. Okay. Which you don't do. Is racist. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is the other reason why I was like, I really hope that this was written by not a white guy. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the point, right? It's I think the point is to make you feel uncomfortable with that sort of language. And if you don't feel uncomfortable with that sort of language, well, I think we know. We just, you learn something about yourself at that point. (laughs) Um, But besides putting that stuff in there, like, it's a really solid detective story. Like, it gets into that stuff, and it feeds the history to you in a way that also plays into the actual story. So it doesn't feel like they're teaching you something. You're just learning stuff along with reading a really good detective story. It ends with a really fat white dude in the basement that had been slammed with a axe in his chest and there's maggots covering his body. So, like, I'm super excited about what's happening next with that. Um, but it is, it is, I mean, it really digs into, like, people being surprised that he's an actual police officer because he's Asian and, like, how Asian people treat him because of that and how white people treat him because of that and all that stuff that goes along with that, so. He did apparently write one of the episodes of Cloak and Dagger. Oh. 
uh, the TV episodes, uh, and then he wrote a couple episodes for a show called Light as a Feather. Uh, he um, had another comic book called Infidel, which I think it exists in this same world, I want to say. Um, and he's done some work on some other books, too, for Image. Um, he, he also has worked on The Swamp Thing and The Sandman. He's written for Sweet Tooth, which is going to be having a show coming out soon as well. So he's he's been around, um, but Infidel was his only creator-owned property before this. But it was... I'm not, like, that's not my genre, right? Like, I can appreciate a good noir tale if it's done right, but usually they don't hold my interest because they tend to be very formulaic and, like, you just know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the idea of this being thrown into a world where, like, Asian people are still being held when they try to immigrate to the United States and considered second-class citizens, third-class citizens, those sort of things, is really interesting. And it actually, at the end of the book, it goes into a little history of the character that this character is based on, who is based on a, a real-life person. So this character is um, modeled after a character called Charlie Chan, who is used in books and stuff. A lot way back in the day and he was he was modeled after an actual Hawaiian detective named Chang Apana so there's like history behind the book and all that stuff that's cool it was really interesting I would definitely suggest picking it up um, I'm gonna read the whole thing I couldn't find a pronunciation I did look <laughs> he did make a tweet regarding uh, it was like somebody had put a tweet out saying has anybody else had a weird name struggles and he basically said you know in humorous forms and me as well but I didn't actually tell anybody how to say his name so it seems like I know if you google names sometimes you'll get like those YouTube videos that tell you how to pronounce yeah, it but he it has like... some interviews so okay. you know I don't have my headphones but <laughs> if I did I would have listened to the interview maybe they would have said his name correctly alright I'm going to try to fly through mine um because I have a couple so Grim Grim Universe presents quarterly steampunk uh that came out two weeks ago, and then this week came out uh, Van Helsing Steampunk. So they kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. The Grim Universe Steampunk 1 was a big, uh, like, 78-page comic book that was, you know, like I said, it's one of their quarterly things, and it's taking uh, Abraham Van Helsing Jr. from the Steampunk world, and he's coming into the main kind of world where most of the heroes are, are at, because as what I reviewed with Van Helsing number 50 a while ago with Dracula and some other... There's a multiverse there, and we've always kind of mm -hmm. known that, but there's more portals being open, and he's coming on through here with his uh, steampunk pirates. And that, like I said, ends with this. So then I was wondering what Van Helsing steampunk is, but then he shows up within that um, with our heroine, uh, Lysel Van Helsing. Lysel? Liesel? Liesel? Yeah, Liesel. L-I-E-S-L. Yeah. And so they obviously cross paths, both being Van Helsing's and everything, and he gets away at the end. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a steampunk for all the major 
stories, and I haven't looked that up yet, but I'll be pleasantly surprised if um, there's a little more. Even though, I will say this, as a one critique, I was hoping there's going to be more steampunky stuff going on. Like, I would have liked to see in the steampunk world. Is it more just their outfits are steampunky? Yeah. It's like... It's like a Ren Faire. Mm-hmm. Or a kind yeah, of they like got convention. the goggles, the loose shredded <laughs> clothing. But I mean, that's kind of how most of... Well, not most. Some of the art in the Grim universe is kind of too. That's yeah. partially why I'm drawn to it. And so, obviously, this is the aesthetic the same as the rest of the books, you know, in a sense. So... Uh, I like those two, uh, the Grim Universe one uh, story, because it was a long one by a couple people, but mainly written by Lou Ivano, um, story by Joe Brochu and Ralph Tedesco and Dave Francini, and Van Helsing by Joe Brochu, Ralph, pretty much the same people uh, right there. And then I have, to just quick mention, because I read it. And at the end, I'm a little bit sold, but not really because of what it is. But Heroes Reborn, Marvel's new event that's going on. Oh. And (laughs) got introduced to uh, Dr. Juggernaut and the Silver Witch. And we talked about who some of these characters are going to be with in this. And some of it felt forced it did seem interesting enough but I'm kind of over Marvel playing the whole world doesn't remember what happened but there is this real world and oh and this one now Blade's the one that remembers the other world Mm. and so it's almost like he's got a movie coming out soon (laughs) (laughs) curious I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, it's cool and all. Have Blade, you know, be the person. Like, I like Blade as a character, but I just I why don't... is it Blade though? They like didn't Wolverine, ex- they, they didn't explain. They didn't. Ex- oh god, I hate it. When he's do but that. he's been talking about him being vampire blood and stuff. But like in this world, there's never been the Avengers, and and he's talking about all because of one event. And so Coulson is the president, which in the Avengers normal world right Agent now, Coulson? he's kind of been going down the path of. Yeah, he's oh, kind no. of a dick. He's in charge of the Squadron Supreme, who are the Avengers in this world. And at the end of this one, what kind of sold me was interesting is that there's one event that has drastically changed all this. Because it kind of goes through. If Tony Stark, he never got scrapped, no. He's just a selling missiles now. Thor, uh, you know, didn't wasn't worthy. And so... He's just drinking beer and all that. And you have Blade kind of talking to these people. like, And then some of the, they even mentioned some of the other heroes and where they might have been thrown into the negative zone, um, like Hulk and everything. But at the end, he goes, the one event that, that didn't happen, and it's him being in the Antarctic, and there's Steve still frozen in ice. And I go, oh, that is kind of one event that if they didn't ever thaw him out, they would never have formed, even though technically Tony Stark did have his Iron Man suit and all that by the time he thawed out. I, I'm a little bit now sold on this hodgepodge of this world. So for And also looking at the... There doesn't seem like there's going to be a bajillion books, which is going to be nice. There's like a one-shot here or there for different titles, and it's going to primarily just be following the Heroes Reborn 
checklist and all that. So, yeah. And Jason, what would you like to see? Jason Aaron's in uh, writing it, so no. I always have faith in him too. Yeah, but you're not going to figure out what actually happens until, until like the three next issues event. after <laughs> the end of this <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> well, that was going to be my question: is like, what do you want to see in the next one? But I guess we're you know you already know what you're going to see and. Not what you want. Bunch of dick tees for a whole event. <laughs> yes. Blue balls, the comic. Yep. <laughs> no, like I said, it, it'll be interesting seeing some of the um, the drawing and sketches of the character designs for this, you know, different world and everything looked interesting. So, yeah, like I said, I'll at least give it a shot still. I was at first going to be like, this is going to be dumb. And I have that parse feeling. But also, it seems like it might be decent enough for what it is. But then, of course, we have X-Men events, the yeah. gala and ever that coming up, too. Eminem's going to be there. Did you see that? They no. They put a list of a bunch of people that are they're drawing into that gala event. Stars and like, Eminem's some, one just of them. Just, like, background characters yeah. are sitting there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, it, literally, they're making it, like, a true Met Gala sort of event. That's interesting. Uh, a book that I do want to take some time to just go over a little bit is Eve, number one. It's written by Victor Lavelle and illustrated by Joe Me like Young. Colors by Brittany Peer. So this starts off with this young girl, Eve, on this island with her dad and going over learning things and everything. And she goes back into their secret habitat there and... You don't know necessarily what's going on in the world, but obviously they're both, you know, in some, like, kind of high-tech hub here on this island. Until you then realize that this is all a dream. This is all the Matrix. And she wakes up from a cryogenic tube, pretty much, in what looks primarily kind of like the hub in there. But we don't know necessarily where she's at yet, but she's coming to reality. And sitting there waiting for her is this teddy bear that can talk named mm. Wexler, who is also a freaking, like, guardian robot. Like, they had a really cool page where it shows him, but, like, the shadow behind looked like kind of like a big, bulky uh, oh, robot. Oh, so like where... Oh, okay, so the shadow... It's like the Darth Vader shadow, right? You've got the kid, but then Darth Vader shadow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it was just a cool visual to kind of explain this isn't just a, a regular run-of-the-mill talking Teddy Ruxpin. But this this teddy bear is kind of trying to acclimate Eve to what's really going on and how she was in this simulation to learn because she needs to help save the world and save her dad who is still not there and she's still trying to process all this. Um, it was also kind of humorous at one point where... Because she's just now using her legs and everything. Like, he's then, you can lean on me, I can help carry you. And she goes, well, maybe someday I'll be able to carry you. He goes, yeah. Not really, though. I'm 325 pounds or oh something of metal. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, I'm just loving this little dynamic. And she doesn't necessarily trust this teddy bear yet. Mm -hmm. But then she, when she's sleeping, sneaks out and goes upstairs. And she's in this lighthouse, or what looks like a lighthouse. You find out later. And she's looking out at all the water around until you get the last shot of what's going on, and it's New York City. So they're on like the top of like the light of like Chrysler Building or something or okay. Empire State Building there, and just looking out at just all the water. And so 
obviously in this world, and they explained a little bit too, you know, the tides have, you know, the ice caps melted, waters, you know, came up, and she has to kind of plant some seeds and get them, and it's really the starting of an adventure. Don't know all the ins and outs of this world yet. Who knows, there could be zombies out there, or monsters, or what have you. Just know that there's this world now that is not the same as ours, and a cool freaking guardian teddy bear that I really like. So uh, this is definitely one to pick up. It looks like it's more childish, but I definitely think there's some... Sinister... Yeah, just, uh, well, yeah, and I don't even think sinister. I just think there's probably going to be some having to deal with adult themes within this. So I read Victor Lavelle did a comic book called Destroyer, which is a a twist to the Frankenstein tale, which is really interesting. But he also did a book called The Changeling, which got amazing reviews. And he's he's been really important in like the the sci-fi diversity in sci-fi writers movement that's been happening. So um, this sounds interesting. I missed it, so I'm gonna have to pick it up. That's definitely good. Um, and yeah, that's it for that. Except for my booze in a book. But do we have any news? Did you watch the the Carnage trailer? Yes. Oh my god! I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I Good. literally don't know what to think. I'm Good irritated by the beginning of it. Yeah, there's parts of it there. I'm like, I like that. And then there's other parts I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah, like why are they make? Why is he making him breakfast? Why is he cooking with fire? I thought they didn't like fire. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that, that. But that is really <laughs> fucking dumb. But like Carnage also looks amazing. So I just and. Woody Harrelson. Like, I like Woody Harrelson. I just, I don't know if what I think of him as Cletus. Yeah. So we'll see. I just, the, that very first scene of them doing like the odd couple sort of thing. But, but here, here, It's really weird. Is that, yeah. is that a, that's not a thing. No. That's, right? It's like they're, they're trying to do the, the Marvel formula of the comedy and stuff, which this is not Marvel. This is not in the MCU right, at all. Sony. Yeah. So it's the Sony-verse. But also, even though I, I love Carnage and I like the way he looked and all that, did we not just watch this in the first movie of Venom fighting a Carnage-like bad guy? Yeah, except this time it'll be how it'll house a serial killer, right? I think that's that's the whole point, yeah, right? Like, that instead gonna... of the nerd. If, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if they take it where it needs to go, because that was... Inc- in the comic books, Carnage is like, mm-mm. And that's I don't see them doing that in this Sony unit because it's, it's not rated R, right? The other one wasn't I rated can't R. Imagine that it is, but maybe. Let me look. PG thirteen. Is it PG? Oh wait, that's Venom was PG thirteen, so likely this would be too, right? Yeah. I would imagine so. But if they got smart and just go with the source material, they would make it R. I don't would, know if it, they've released a rating yet. It uh, doesn't look like it. Here's the other thing, too, though. I knew they were making this movie. I didn't know that they were already making trailers for it, though. That kind of surprised yeah. me when that popped up. Oh, and it says in theaters only Yeah, when it popped up on the preview. And Not I'm HBO like, Max? Oh, those, <laughs> all those people. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if starting with that whole weird breakfast scene was the right 
move on their part because it really turned me off to the whole idea of it. <laughs> I just remembered they have a full Morbius movie. They That's do. already completed. It's done. Yeah, when it is was that? supposed to have come out already. Yeah. That was delayed by COVID. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 2022. Wow, they pushed it back that far, eh? Yep, looks like 2022 it'll come out. So I wonder why they pushed January it back 28th. so far. Something great that's coming out next weekend that I'm Was very that looking Leto, forward right? to. Yeah. yeah, Actually, two things now I think of it. Castlevania. I can't wait till that comes oh, out. Show. The, the next show. Yeah. So good. But uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Ah, yeah. Season 2 is out see, now. See, is it out now? I thought it's coming out next week. No, I thought it was out already. I was seeing people saying they started watching. Oh, you know what? No, they were saying they were watching season one. They What they did is they re-added two. season one to like the, you know, when you pop into Netflix and it's got the top row of yep. like what people are watching. Because oh. I thought it had come out too and I was like, nope, just one season it says. Yeah, May 14th. So yeah, it is next weekend. That's exciting. But I am looking forward to this. Because that was such a good. It, I, I should probably rewatch some of those. Me and my brother still talk about the yogurt all the damn time <laughs> that took over the world. Mm-hmm. That one was great. Um, yeah, I don't really have. Uh, there's some pre uh, sales for some toys, San Diego Comic Con uh, toys, even though I don't know necessarily all, because I, I believe still they canceled that one Thanksgiving time. And they are doing the virtual one this year, but when it comes to toys that debut, that's why they're doing these pre-orders of things, because you can still get them online from some places. I really like the Tron Tron ones, um, and that's the only one that I've seen so far. There's been a couple other releases of toys, not necessarily San Diego Comic-Con toys, but a new Thanos and Iron Man 2-pack. The they look good articulation. I just personally with buying some toys, I am cooler with more of a comic book cartoon face, not the this is Robert Downey Jr. Mm. playing. Because I always feel like those faces, even though they look great, I'm just looking at like if it's an Ant Man one, I'm looking at Paul Rudd. Like this is Paul Rudd as an action figure, cool and all. But I want to have that Ant Man, pr- me to pretend that's Ant Man mm-hmm. when I'm playing with them in the tub. So, <laughs> God, <laughs> that I, I think that is one of the struggles, right, with having the films one be so big as big as they are, and you know, all, all future toys have to look like it, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. t- toys are not going to look like the comic characters, and comics are going to start to emulate the actors that play them, a la Nick Fury, more and more, I think, and so. It's going to be weird. You're like, ah, I was cool when I was Ant-Man. Now it's Paul Rudd's watching me be naked, and I just can't stand it. So, I just fell down like an IMDb hole. <laughs> so they're, they're doing a Red Sonja movie, and they cast the girl who played Ghost in the Ant-Man and the Wasp as Red Sonja. Her name is Hannah John Kamen. But she's also playing in a movie called Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is the origin story of Resident Evil. Because I was like, she's playing Jill Valentine, and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) It is a truer-to-form reboot than the uh, Mila Jovovich ones, for sure. Well, that makes me kind of excited. I didn't even know they were doing that. Mm -hmm. That was the IMDb hole I fell down. It started with Red Sonja. It moved on to the actress who (laughs) was Mm -hmm. playing her... Then I fell into Resident Evil. 
man. Well, I don't know if you guys have mentioned it news-wise. G4? Did you watch G4 back in the day? He's Yeah, I've talked about, about it a couple I'm, times. I'm watching it on YouTube right now. Yeah. They got, have you... Do they have the channel yet or Not what they're yet. doing? It's going to be... If you look at their site, they talk about it. It will be a channel. Their their actual quote is like, Comcast owns us. What do you think? <laughs> so. Neil Adams, constant con person and a historical artist of comic books, is putting up several pieces of his artwork as NFTs. I was going to say NFTs. He's going to make yep. a ton of money off of them, Neil too. Adams is getting into the NFT business. And apparently, I think he's doing six to start. Four of them are going to be animated Ooh, works of cool. art. So, like, they're going to take the works of art he did and then animate them somehow. And then the other two are just going to be... But I'm also like, I would rather just own the... Give me the fucking original artwork on, like, a piece of paper. We, I don't, we I don't have don't enough time. It. We don't have enough time to go into it, but now that Anthony's joining the crew again, he's going to come next week to tell us what Please. the fuck those are. Because yeah, I can explain it. Me, me and Linz have been going back and forth about what they are without knowing what they are. Like, and... I have, like, a... I. The problem is, is I have, like, this much of an idea of what they are, so it really fucks with my head, because then I start thinking about it, and I lose all concept. Hey, honestly... Not to go over time, we can do a longer one. It's exactly what you think it is, and that it's a token that says you own that token. Right. The artist retains all rights to sell, to license, everything. You own no part of that other than saying you own something that's unique. Right. Basically, it's the artist cannot create, an, because of blockchain, the artist cannot create a token that looks like that token. So you have a unique token that's dated. And Now, if artists are smart, they make a physical presentation right. that convinces you to buy it, right? So they'll, um, I forget what his name was. He was the first artist that he made like millions of dollars in one weekend, like $30 million or something a weekend selling a bunch of his like digital art. But what he did is that he put them into like a glass digital frame. So it would like, you know, pan across the picture and zoom in on mm. parts. It was really cool and it had a token and like, you know, like a you would get if you got a collector's edition or something. So it, that makes people want it more. But that's it. It's literally a token that says you own this token. That's and so fucking no even one, worse than... But here's the thing. It's immune to forgery. That's what's valuable. But you still don't get the you art. You know what? But you don't make like you don't make money when people share it. No. Like, it's just... It's literally nope. like... It's no different than someone giving you a piece of paper that, for whatever technical reason, couldn't be forged. It's exactly the same. It's like, it's like you a naming paper. stars. Yeah. That's... The, or being a Scottish that, lord. Yes, that that actually makes Fuck. it make sense. I got. I am a Scottish lord through uh, one of the Black Fridays um, cards against humanity for three minutes yeah, yeah. online. I got to make some rules, and I saw my name, and I was I showed up at the time they told me. So fuck you, that's real. <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred bucks. You just get like a three inch plot of land in yeah. Scotland, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that makes you a lord. Yep. <laughs> And no one can tell me otherwise until someone annexes your yeah. land and you're not there to defend it. It's directly under somebody else's house, so who knows what that <laughs> means. But. Um, last news I have is kind of a bummer news. So Sony has officially announced that there's going to be huge delays still on next PlayStation year. 5s through next year. And a lot of that has to do with chips. Well, COVID being part of production and everything... 
But man, I most people I don't think quite understand when people are saying the chip uh, shortage. There's like three people what, making them. What that what that means? Yeah. Besides people not knowing about wood prices increasing, steel prices increasing, which is then causing all of our houses are are thirty thousand dollars more expensive right now because of the lumber shortages. Yep. yep. Just and, for the raw materials. Yep. And that's a part of like other industries. But when it comes to microchips, there's two driving factors. One of how the companies make them. But there's even a different thing besides production, which I don't want to spend too much time on this. But it's because of dumb fuckers that are using these cheap, uh, smaller chips. So as computing power increases every year, some places start making more of those chips and less of the smaller, you know, one gigabyte chips. Well places still need one gigabyte chips to make their shitty stuff function and oh who's taking those people like that make pregnancy tests instead of having a blue line it now has an lcd that says pregnant thanks for wasting that fucking chip that could have been used for something else being a being a lady who's taking a pregnancy test sometimes those things are very hard (laughs) to read i know it's a major plot point of of a lot of television shows but i guarantee you i took five so (laughs) i would have loved a fucking chip in my pregnancy (laughs) test i'm gonna advocate for that all right (laughs) no there i mean it's it's definitely uh and I think it's it's a cool little science, you know, for anyone who didn't really know. It's a cool little explanation of science on literally everything, not just your phone or your computer. Yeah. Everything has microchips in them. And Even the microchips. COVID vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to get your 5G <laughs> if you don't have your microchip vaccine? Did you guys happen to watch Mitchell's versus the Machines? Not yet. I want to. So that... That movie is entirely about that whole thing. Okay. Everything has a chip in it and what that means for their society. Also, fun fact, that family's from Kentwood, Michigan. In the hey. Movie. Oh. And they say it once, but it's been like a major selling point for <laughs> a lot like, of people hey. I to. <laughs> um, Before you get into booze in a book, I just want to share a super fun picture with both of you. Sebastian Stan, right, mm-hmm. is it going to be in a miniseries called Pam and Tommy where he's playing Tommy Lee. Oh, wow. Look at him. Nobody everybody go and google this movie. If it's if it wasn't for his eyes, I would have no idea. Just right? like Sebastian Stan has Sebastian Stan eyes and wow. Isn't that First of yeah. all, I don't know that I would watch this show. I don't care about Pam and Tommy. I watched their porn. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks a lot like Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a better version of Tommy Lee. <laughs> yeah. One Less that doesn't, yeah, Less one that drugs. doesn't have hap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was the thing I wanted to end Okay. Um, booze in the book this week is Metropolis Grove. And this is a long fucking book. It's, uh, it's got like seven chapters. It's definitely skewed for younger audience. I thought, what is Metropolis Grove? And, oh, this is a pretty thick book, and so let's read this. And you do get into it that it is DC. Um, again, it is... I, I think comic books are for everything. Blood and Guts, kids could read those too, and adults can read you know, younger age comic books. But this definitely, um, I feel, is more for the younger age of these three kids that are making their tree fort in the backyard or not in the woods um, where they live. And 
this was a wholesome story, and it 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 has Superman in it, but my favorite Superman iteration, and it just really was. I don't know. It made me feel like childhood again. Is this a book or is is it a comic? Well, it's not a comic. I mean, it's car- it's comic. Okay. But I mean, uh, what would you call it? It's a novel uh, format. Yeah, graphic novel okay. format. Um, but it's by Drew uh, Brockington and colored by Wendy Brooms, Broom. So with this, I, I was like, man, this is a kid book too. Like, what kind of booze can you <laughs> to pair it with? Hey, Virgin Shirley Temple. Uh, that is better. I was just thinking of something wholesome, so I was just like a mojito. That's like a, ho- a mojito is wholesome. Pomegranate for- mojito. <laughs> yes. I would have made some sort of like milk and cookies. Well, I was thinking of like eggnog and yeah. stuff, but that was like, oh, that's Christmassy time. There's got to be a cookies and cream, a shot, shot, or like a boozy milk. I mean, I've had oatmeal raisin cookies. Dirty Girl Scout oh. shot. That's a little. Too just the weird. Girl Scout <laughs> <laughs> to mix with a just the Girl Scout bartender. Hold <laughs> yeah. the dirty, please. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, like I said, it was definitely a, a nice little story. And it's cool. something that I can recommend to my niece and nephews. Oh, family time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's it for today, folks. Uh, we definitely uh, had some fun here in the studio. A little bit longer than. I was thinking, but also I don't care because I enjoy hanging out with you guys and uh, recording. I mean, it was a little longer than I would prefer. I mean, <laughs> he's I just, probably not going to show up yeah, next yeah, time yeah. <laughs> because of it. It really was, but two, mostly it was just it was two weeks worth for, of it, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. he talked for an hour at the beginning. I just wanted yeah. to let everybody know what I'm doing, and I'm just heading out again. See you next year. See you 2022. <laughs> no, stay thirsty this week. No, I was gonna. I was trying to think of one, but no. I haven't. Stay. It's it's not even like stay stay thirsty for Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> stay thirsty, ladies and gentlemen, whoever you know. You guys do you. I'll be here, I guess. 